Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of Murder and Misery, our true crime podcast. We are your hosts, my name is Heather, and I know absolutely nothing about true crime. And my name is Jillian, and I consider myself somewhat of a true crime expert. Yes, Jill is our resident true crime expert. And we created this podcast so that Jill could teach me about all things true crime, both locally and nationally, and to take you guys along for the journey, so that if you too know nothing about true crime, you can learn something. Or maybe hear another perspective about stories you already know. Okay, so um, this case is actually a request from our friend Amanda. Um, Amanda owns a little shop in our town, and we made friends with her through the podcast. Her shop's called The Little Wander Shop, and I ordered a Missouri necklace, because obviously number one Missouri fan here. And she sent me and Heather the cutest little keychains that say murder and misery on them. And it was very kind. I was very excited. Yeah, it was the sweetest thing ever. So she requested this case. And so um, thank you. And you guys should check her shop out. It's super cute. And we're literally so excited for our keychains. We yeah, feel official mine's now. Mine's already on my keys. Right. So <laughs> mine's already being used. And right. I just got it today, like two minutes ago. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so thank you again. Thank you for the keychains, and thank you for requesting this case. So, let's jump right in. Today's case is Gypsy Rose Blanchard, which most of you have heard of. I think you said you, or do you, you have to say. I have a vague understanding of this case. Like, I've definitely heard about it, and I've seen some TikToks about, like, I was at Disney World at the same time, things like that, but I don't know all the details. And I think there was, like, a TV show... A couple years ago that mm-hmm. everybody watched. Mm-hmm. I never watched it. So I don't know about the TV show. Like I said, I don't know all the details, but I definitely have heard of. Okay. So we're two for, what, 18 now? <laughs> 18 that you haven't heard of and two that you have? or Well, Tanner. Oh, true. I forgot about that one. That's R-I-B. probably it, though. Well, you knew of the Aqua Tafana one. Yeah, but I'm saying Tanner, Julia, last week. And then this case. And then... After you had shown me the pictures and, like, we started talking about the case, I, like, I had definitely heard about the... Pam Hupp? Yeah, Pam Hupp, the Betsy mm-hmm. Faria, and then also the Sean Hornbeck and Ben OMB. Mm-hmm. It just, I needed somebody to jog my memory. You know what gotcha. I mean? And yeah. I didn't know all the details, for sure. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm kind of in the same boat for this case as I was for those. Like, you've heard of it, you just... I don't know about it. Okay. Like, all I've right. heard the name, but I really don't... I don't know everything that was going on. Well, hopefully I'll help you with that. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure I'm about to learn a lot. Let's just jump right in. So Gypsy Rose was born on July 27th of 1991 to Rod and Claudine, also known as Dee Dee Blanchard. She was born in Golden Meadow, Louisiana. At the time of Gypsy's conception, Rod was only 17 years old while Dee Dee was 24. Okay. Yep. That's an age gap. That's a great start. After finding out they were pregnant, the two quickly got married, though it didn't last long. Rod realized things were not working out and that he had gotten married for the wrong reasons. They split shortly before Gypsy was born. Rod said he remained in regular contact with Dee Dee and Gypsy and even sent them money on a regular basis. However, Dee Dee had a different version of this to tell. According to her, Rod was a deadbeat dad who abandoned his daughter for drugs. Dee Dee was known as a relentless single mother who would do anything and everything for Gypsy, including making sure all of her medical needs were met. 
This brings us to one day while Gypsy was just a baby and Dee Dee was convinced Gypsy was suffering with sleep apnea. She took Gypsy to the hospital where doctors tried to assure Dee Dee that Gypsy was fine and that she didn't have the disease. But this didn't really change Dee Dee's mind at all. In fact, what started as a suspicion of sleep apnea then turned into Dee Dee also being convinced that Gypsy had some sort of chromosomal disorder, though they didn't specify which one. I also don't think doctors ever diagnosed Gypsy with one, but that didn't stop Dee Dee from being an overprotective mom and watching Gypsy's every move, fearing that the worst could happen at any time. Fast forward to around the time Gypsy was eight, she was riding a motorcycle with her grandfather when she fell off, scraping her knee. Of course, she was rushed to the hospital by Dee Dee, where they assured her it was only a minor abrasion, but treated her wound and sent her on her way home. Dee Dee, again, was not convinced and knew for sure Gypsy would be unable to walk without multiple surgeries. This hospital obviously would not perform them since they saw no need to, so Dee Dee took it upon herself to confine Gypsy to a wheelchair so that the walking could not further damage her knee. Of course, Dee Dee's family were like, what the heck? She barely scraped her knee and now she's in a wheelchair? That doesn't really add up. So in response to this, Dee Dee moved out of town and relocated in Louisiana, closer to New Orleans. Somehow, Dee Dee was able to get disability checks for Gypsy, so they found a small, run-down apartment and made that their home. While living in their new apartment, Dee Dee took Gypsy to another doctor's appointment, this one being at a large hospital in New Orleans. This is where Dee Dee brings up that Gypsy is having seizures, along with losing her vision and her hearing as well. Doctors did testing for these issues and found no signs of them, but still, for some reason, prescribed anti-seizure medication. Well, to be fair, like, you could have a seizure, and then two days later, there would be no sign of you having a seizure. You know what I mean? I, I thought they could see it on, like, a brain scan. Only if you're having a seizure. At the moment? Yeah. Oh, I didn't so know that. they normally do, like, a 24-hour test where they monitor your brain constantly mm -hmm. to see if there's any seizure activity. So her saying, I've seen my daughter have a seizure, she's had 10, who knows what she said, you know what I mean? Right. But I, this is what happened, these were the symptoms. They wouldn't be able to know whether or not she had had one in the past, only if she was having one right now. I didn't know that. I will say, to add to that, um, Dee Dee did have some nurse training. She wasn't a nurse, but she had some medical training. So, like, she knew what she was talking about, and I think people just were like, oh, yeah, like... She knows all the medical terms, like, yeah, you know. But normally, like, seizures don't leave, like, damage that you can see in your brain. It's more like in the moment they can see, like, the electrical imbalance. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I think I might have been confusing with the stroke. Well, yeah, on a stroke you would be able to see. Okay, that makes sense because I was, like, I was thinking. Because that's, like, a like a true damage. Mm -hmm. But normally a seizure, especially if it's, like, a shorter one. It's just like the electrical imbalance. It kind of like shoots through your brain like lightning. And then it, when it stops, you're able to function again. Hmm. Kind of. Thank you, Dr. Heather. You're welcome. <laughs> um, well, at this point, according to Dee Dee, Gypsy is now suffering from a chromosomal disorder, muscular dystrophy, leukemia, which is a new one. I'm not this quite... This is so strange. It's like, you know, pe some people are hypochondriacs. Hi. Kind of like you. <laughs> Um, where you're just worried all the time of, like, something's happening to you. Mm -hmm. And this is just kind of odd because I've never heard of somebody just deciding that somebody else had dozens of 
diseases and disorders. Right. Yeah. I'm like confused, which I'm sure everybody else is also confused. Right. I'm not sure like muscular where. Muscular dystrophy. Like where did that come in? I'm so That's con- what I'm saying. I'm like confused. I'm not sure where leukemia and muscular dystrophy came into play, but it was before the seizures and hearing and vision loss and also asthma was some time added into that. And none of these were diagnosed. I here's here's the hard part is that you don't have access to our medical records. Well, one second. Okay. So, so all of this, they installed a feeding tube and did breathing treatments on Gypsy, and she went through multiple surgeries for her eyes, and including having a surgery for removal of her salivary glands, which is possibly what resulted in Gypsy's teeth rotting out. Not sure if it was that or the medication or both. But she also had to have more surgeries because all her teeth rotted out. And so they had to have thought of something, at least the vision loss being real, because yeah, they the did asthma, surgery. They yeah, they gave her breathing treatments. Right. And the feeding tube. Yeah, uh, very strange. Right. Which, I don't know. She. I, I just, I'm shocked because I've, I've only worked in a couple hospitals. But normally there are... A dozen people who would see to all of these issues. Mm -hmm. So it would just be shocking to me that nobody out of 12 people would be like, why are we doing this? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like if somebody comes in to see if she can eat food, there are actually like a couple people involved in determining whether or not somebody can eat food. So it's like all two or three of you all determined she couldn't eat food, even if she was okay. Like I'm just confused. Well, I do have to say that. I keep saying confused. I need to pick another word. No, you're fine. I I don't know, but I will say this was like the early 2000s. So who knows if this played a role into, you know, I'm sure the procedures were different back then than they are now. Maybe. But I don't know. That was like 20 years ago. But I know there's somebody who like determines whether or not it's safe for you to eat. Mm -hmm. And then there's somebody else who determines what you eat. Those are two separate people. So I don't know. And I've seen them work. Together dozens of times, but I mean, you are right, it is 2022, so maybe things are different now, but I don't know, that's hard for me to understand. Uh, yeah, a lot of this is concerning, but... Because, like, at the hospital, you try to keep people off of feeding tube. Like, mm-hmm. you try to keep keep people off ventilators, you try to keep them, like, doing as much as possible for themselves, including eating. Right. So, like, getting a feeding tube is kind of hard mm-hmm. today. So I'm just, like, surprised that they were like, yeah, her mom said she needs one. Let's put right. one in. So I feel like either this hospital was whack or there was something to what she was saying. Well, and she possibly also, because she caused it. She also was known because she had the sort of medical training or knowledge. She also knew the lingo and what to ask for. Well, not even that. That on top of... Giving Gypsy certain medications. That's what I was To make her seem sicker than she was. That's why I was saying maybe she caused some of it. I didn't know that, but I was wondering if maybe she made it actually look like she was having issues. Yeah, and I don't really know, like, I don't know. I have very... Because it's my understanding that Gypsy was primarily okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, so this brings us to 2005 when the devastating Hurricane Katrina hit. It is said by Dee Dee that they lost everything, including Gypsy's birth certificate and medical records. They were forced yet again to relocate. This time, they chose to call a small little town called Aurora, Missouri. 
I've never heard of Aurora, Missouri. So it's a small little town between Springfield and Joplin. Um, and fun fact, it was an, originally a mining town known for galena, which is a form of lead. Galena? Mm-hmm. Spitting facts over here. Yeah, I just never like to sprinkle known. fun facts in there. I like that. Yeah. Um, anyways, they moved to Aurora and became, like, kind of spokespeople for disability rights they were very well known and eventually Habitat for Humanity built them their very own wheelchair accessible house in Springfield, Missouri, equipped with a hot tub and all. The Make-A-Wish Foundation also sent Dee Dee and Gypsy on multiple trips to Disney World and concerts, including backstage passes to a Miranda Lambert concert. And I'm Miranda Lambert. I've been singing Miranda Lambert all night. If you've listened to the Springfield 3 case, which we covered a couple weeks ago, then Springfield is familiar to you as that is where this took place, and if you may have remembered me saying how I have family there and that my brother lived there for a short period and all of that, um, yeah, fun fact. Well, in Dee Dee and Gypsy's free time, they would often frequent the Battlefield Mall in Springfield, and this is where they met my brother. He said that Gypsy would mess around and touch his beard when they would come in, and for those of you who don't know, my brother has a ridiculously long beard. And from what I remember, it was even longer back in the day. Mm-hmm, definitely. Right. But uh, Nick, my brother, worked at Hot Topic and occasionally the hair straightener kiosk. I did not know that. Yeah. I don't know why they let him do that. He's he literally balding. Hair? But they're like, here, sell hair straighteners. Um, I did ask him if anything ever felt off. And this was his quote. She used to come in all the time because she liked those hats that had the pigtail looking things. They would come in weekly. Never knew anything was off about it because everyone knew who they were. Like, literally all of the mall employees. You'd never think, oh, I bet this girl isn't really disabled. It just doesn't cross your mind, which obviously makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't think to question that either. Right. Which, I mean, knowing what we know now, it's like, okay, like, because Dee Dee was known if, if Gypsy, like, started saying anything that wasn't right or started saying something she shouldn't, like, she would, like, squeeze her really hard. And it's oh. like, now... Like, obviously, people thought she was just, like, I don't know, placing her hand. But, like, Gypsy was, like, no, she would, like, squeeze my, like, squeeze me so hard so I would stop talking. And that's how I would know to stop talking. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like the main, I feel like the main people who could have caught this or stopped it are the, like, medical professionals. Because they were the only ones who had access to, like, her true diagnoses, if any. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, any person on the street... I feel like you would, you would never be like, oh, she's she can't be disabled. Right, you would never you don't look think for that, that. When you see somebody in a wheelchair. Like, and honestly, if you look at disabled people and you like try to figure out if they're faking, that's kind of messed up. That's what I'm saying. Like you, I feel like the the normal person would never question it. Right, you would just be like, okay, this is them. You know what I mean? Like this is who they are. Right, and when I when I asked him, I mean, I know he answered the way he answered, but when I asked him, I initially meant if like, Dee Dee like seemed yeah, like extra yeah, yeah. mean, you know. Um, but everybody said she was, like, a caring, loving mom. Yeah. But, I don't know. I've met some people that were really nice in public mm-hmm. and were, like, really, really mean to their kids in private, so. Yeah. But back to their work as, like, a spokesperson type of thing. Obviously, this caught the attention of a lot of people, including doctors all around the country, all wanting to help if they could. This includes Dr. Bernando Flasterstein, a pedi- pediatric neurologist in Springfield, he invited Gypsy to his clinic where he made the discovery that she did not have muscular dystrophy. 
Not only did she not have muscular dystrophy, but she didn't have any of the diseases that she claimed to be suffering from. Dee Dee, of course, brushed him off, but this raised obvious suspicion. Mm-hmm. He then decided to call various doctors in New Orleans, and though Dee Dee said all of their records were lost in Katrina, he found that this was not true. I assumed that that could not be the case, but I wasn't 100% sure. Yeah. And that doctor's records on Gypsy had survived the hurricane. And just like that, he discovered all the other doctor's accounts pretty much said Gypsy was healthy. This is when his suspicions arose that Dee Dee possibly had a mental illness called Munchausen syndrome by proxy. This is a form of child abuse in which a caretaker makes up fake, fake symptoms of illness or even causes symptoms to make it appear as if the child is ill. Though the doctor didn't report this, saying there wasn't enough evidence, an anonymous report was made. This resulted in a wellness check, but Dee Dee, of course, talked her way out of it, any suspicion with the caseworkers. Unfortunately, this wasn't Dee Dee's first rodeo with people becoming suspicious, and she quickly realized that Dr. Flasternstein was onto her. Gypsy also, also said she noticed a change in her mother's behavior. Not only was Dee Dee lying about Gypsy's medical condition, but she also lied about her age. You see, in 2010, Dee Dee told everyone Gypsy was only 14, but this just wasn't true. She was actually 19. By this time, Gypsy was realizing she really wasn't as sick as her mom told her she was, though she did still think that she truly was suffering from leukemia. She knew she was able to walk, and even though it was, conf- even though she was confined to a wheelchair in public, Though she did have minimal education, some reports say she was pulled out of school by second grade to be homeschooled due to her illnesses, Uh, a a few others claim that she was pulled out in kindergarten. But Gypsy taught herself to read. She said she did this through the Harry Potter books. After realizing the gravity of what her mother was doing, Gypsy- What a terrible choice of books to teach yourself to read. I love Harry Potter. I love the books. I love the movies. Great, great stuff. But there are so many words in there that are not actual words. words. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like that would make it very hard because there are like, that would just be so hard. Yeah. Honestly. And like places that don't exist, like all of it would be very confusing, I feel like. Also, that's a hard, I feel like that's a hard level to start learning how to read. If you have a second grade reading level. Or potentially kindergarten. Right. That's why, I, I mean, I don't, of course, I was privileged to learn in a school I couldn't imagine like teaching yourself yeah and I know a lot of people like learn English by like watching English television shows I don't know how you would learn it doesn't I don't know how you would learn to read just reading a book I guess maybe like sounding things out I don't know I guess yeah I guess you learn that letters made or something I don't know but I'm just thinking like how difficult it would be to try to read all the spells yeah. Yeah. And, like, there are other words that, like, literally just aren't things in real life. You know what I mean? hmm I just feel like it would make it very hard. Yeah. That makes sense. Anyway. Um, so, Gypsy tried to escape after realizing her mom was, like, crazy. Uh, multiple times, actually. It is said that one night she even made it as far as getting to her neighbor's house by walking and begging her neighbor to drive her to the hospital. Her neighbor, who knew she was wheelchair-bound. Unfortunately, the neighbor answered the door. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, Dee Dee realized that Gypsy was gone and talked the neighbor down, making up lies and excuses like she had done Gypsy's whole life. To add, 
Dee Dee. That neighbor's kicking themselves. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, especially hopefully all the doctors too. Um, yeah, I feel like they should have taken Dee Dee a little bit more seriously. Mm-hmm. It is really hard to diagnose somebody with that though. Like, I had a patient with that at the hospital and like she continuously tried to like hurt herself to stay in the hospital and she had like three four maybe even more psych evaluations and like nobody it was like I don't know if it's a liability or what but no one was willing to say that she had it but she literally was caught hurting herself several times to try to stay in the hospital and like the psyche eval would be like we think she might have this but there's not enough evidence to say. Like, it was like that. It was the same thing. So hmm. I don't know why they hesitate to diagnose something like that. But, like, she needed help, and I'm sure that Dee Dee needed help, too. Right. That's sad, though. Yeah. So another attempt that Gypsy had to try and escape was in 2011. She ran away with a man she met at a science fiction convention. Dee Dee then tracked them down through mutual friends and convinced the man that Gypsy was a minor, even though she was 19. Gypsy was striving for independence, but Dee Dee would sweep anything odd or off under the rug, telling others how Gypsy was mentally challenged or that the many medications she was on clouded her brain and made her say the darndest things. Obviously, being so loved in their community, no one ever suspected that this was an all an act, just like my brother had confirmed. But Gypsy, on the other hand, was completely over it. She said she couldn't expose her mother's lies by just jumping out of the wheelchair. She was scared of her mother and didn't have anyone to trust. At this point, Gypsy started sneaking online to talk to men in chat rooms while her mother was asleep. Dee Dee found this out and started chaining Gypsy to her bed and went as far as to smash her fingers and her computer with a hammer. Jesus. Smashed her fingers with a hammer? Mm Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, chaining her to the bed is also crazy, but... Well, I, I do want to add, though, that all the accounts said that she smashed her computer, but only, like, a couple said she smashed her fingers and her computer. I don't know if some... It's really hard to get all of the details in, but honestly, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if it was both. But this didn't stop Gypsy. She was hoping to meet her knight in shining armor that could help her escape from her mother for good. This brings us to 2012, when Gypsy was 21. She met Nicholas Bodigen on a Christian dating site. Nicholas was 23 years old, living in Wisconsin, with a criminal record of indecent exposure. He also suffered, suffered from some mental health problems, but none of this kept Gypsy away. Shortly after meeting Nicholas online, he came to Springfield to meet Gypsy. They were able to meet up as Dee Dee had left Gypsy home alone, which was rare. After meeting and sharing some intimate moments... They were trying to figure out how to spend their lives together. They knew Gypsy was trapped in this situation with her mother, so they attempted to think of ways for her to get out so that they could be free together. They decided on murder and began to plan how to do it through Facebook messages. The plan was settled that Gypsy would let Nicholas in when Dee Dee fell asleep so he could kill her. And that's exactly what happened in June of 2015. While Dee Dee was sleeping in her bed... Nicholas stabbed her 17 times in the back while Gypsy was in the other room. Once they knew Dee Dee was dead, the two fled to Wisconsin to Nick's home, where they were arrested a few days later. Initially, police thought, um, as well as the public, that Gypsy was kidnapped by her mother's murderer. 
but after further research, they found the truth. One of the most infamous parts of this case was the post, or one of the posts, made by Gypsy on her mother's Facebook account. After she was dead, Gypsy wrote, and I quote, that bitch is dead, end quote. I literally saw that all over Facebook. People were actually sharing the post, and that was when, like, this whole thing happened, and then people, like, caught on to what was happening. Yeah, that's crazy. I do feel like we probably could have skipped the murder, and they probably could have just fled to Wisconsin, and her mom probably would not have found her. (laughs) She might have. She might have. But I feel like if you... If she were able to just flee to Wisconsin and, like, tell people there that her mom has been doing X, Y, and Z, like, people in Wisconsin are nice. You know what I mean? Like, they're going to believe you. They're oh, so you the people in Missouri aren't? No, I'm but, like, her mom was there. Her mom was always there to be like, oh, no, Gypsy's crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if she was there by herself. But she did run away with the dude. Yeah, but her, somebody from there, right? Well, I don't know where he was from, but they had met. At a a, convention. Yeah, I know you said that. But then you said that she tracked it down through mutual friends. So I was just thinking if her mom had no idea that she was talking to this guy from Wisconsin and nobody else knew this guy from Wisconsin, there'd be no mutual friends. True. That is where my thinking was going. I think that's a valid point. But I also feel like she probably would have just put out like somebody kidnapped my disabled child and put out like a um, Amber Alert. Probably. But I, I do feel like Gypsy could have gone to the police in Wisconsin and been like, listen... My mom's nuts. I'm clearly fine. I can walk. She tells me that I can't walk. My mom gives me these medications. I don't need these medications. I, my mom told me I had muscular dystrophy. The doctor said I don't have muscular dystrophy. Like, I think my mom is crazy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the police would probably be like, you sound nuts. Go sit in this room while we do some investigating. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then I assume that the police in Wisconsin are competent. But at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter because they chose murder. They did. But I just feel like they could have skipped the murder. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So, according to Gypsy, she posted the status to spark worry, so someone was able to find her mom Mm -hmm. uh, or her mother's body. But quickly after her arrest, Gypsy's truth came out. Like we talked about in our last episode on Julia Tafana, this is a gray area. Mm -hmm. While the majority of the public opinion was on Gypsy's side... There's still a brutal death involved, and that brings us to 2016 when Gypsy Rose Blanchard pled guilty to second-degree murder and was sentenced to 10 years in prison. How was that second-degree murder? It was planned. Uh, They took into account her torture and the fact that she didn't physically kill anybody. Okay. She's currently serving her sentence at the Correction Center in Chillicothe, Missouri, and is eligible for parole as early as next year, 2023. She's in jail right now. Mm-hmm. She's oh, in prison. Know. I did not know that. Um, some some said she's eligible in 2023. Others said 2024. I think it's 2023, but I'm not her parole officer. So, Nicholas Godigen was charged with first-degree murder in 2018 and is serving life in prison. Gypsy said she spent a lot of time in prison researching Mun- Munchausen's with Dr. Feldman, who's an expert in Munchausen's, saying that the control Dee Dee had over Gypsy was that of a kidnapped victim, and that Gypsy was basically being held hostage, and her mother's murder was subsequently a hostage trying to escape their kidnapper. Gypsy said she has come to terms with her abuse as a result. She said she is remorseful for her actions of murder, saying that she's glad she's out of the situation, but not glad that her mother is dead. She said she is better off without her mother, though, and that... 
The life in prison is nowhere near the hell she endured while living with her mother, saying, quote, I feel like I am freer in prison than living with my mom because now I am allowed to just live like a normal woman. And that is the case of Gypsy Rose and the death of Dee Dee Blanchard. It's a wild story. Mm-hmm. A, I do think Gypsy was like a prisoner in her own home. Mm-hmm. And I feel for her because of that. But I don't think that she had to murder her mom. I understand that she tried to get away two times before. Well, it was a lot more than two. Oh, okay. It was multiple times. They just, I guess, they had honed in on those two times. I don't know. I just think there's so many other ways. I can just think of so many other ways to try, which, like, maybe she tried them all. But she could have even used whatever her mom used to tie her up to tie her mom to her bed. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there are ways to... Get a head start, get to the police, get to the doctor that you know, get to, I mean, I don't know. I understand why some people say, you know, like she's guilty of a murder because somebody was murdered. Because I do feel like murder wasn't absolutely necessary. Mm-hmm. I do think it's a gray area for sure, like we talked about last week, but I don't know. It's just hard. I her, think, well, I nuts. think a lot of people that have heard the story think that she's the one that murdered her mom when don't get me wrong she like literally asked the guy to yeah and let him in right i also think it'd be different if she murdered her mom in self-defense or something like that like i feel like that would be a different scenario than sitting down and coming up with solutions to your problem and deciding that murder is the best solution you know what i mean yeah my opinion and i've had this opinion since the beginning I think that, obviously, murder is not right. I think she should have gotten some jail time. I don't think she should have gotten as much jail time as she did. I mean, seven years isn't that crazy. Ten? I mean, she's going to have parole next year. That's if she makes it, though. I can't imagine she won't. I don't know. I just feel like she, honestly, my opinion, her entire life was literally hell. And it's kind of sad. It kind of puts things into perspective when somebody is literally in a women's prison, which is like terrible if you've ever been to one they're very scary and she's like oh i love it here this is great like you know um yeah you know so obviously she knows murder isn't right and that what she did wasn't right but and i do think that makes a difference like she is remorseful for what she did and she was also severely medicated when she was on doing all of this like her mother had her on so many medications that, like, mentally did, like, mess her up, you know? Yeah. Have her, like, have her neighbors or anybody else that she asked for help from, like, said anything? Have they made any statements? Like, the neighbor who saw her out of the wheelchair, but her mom talked her down? They may have, but I haven't seen anything. anything. I was just curious. I can, like, look it up. I think that they could have played a critical role, but I also hope that they, like, forgive themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I'm sure the doctor is punching the air right now when he figured it out that he didn't file a report. You know? Did he mean to? He said he wanted to, but he didn't think there was enough evidence. Oh, okay. I thought that was one of the doctors in New Orleans. No, the one in Springfield. Oh, okay. Because I I remember he had called down there. Is her dad still alive? Uh, Yes, her father is still alive. And they have a pretty good relationship, actually. Really? Yeah, he actually had a petition to, like, get her 
an early release. Um, apparently, like, he was in her life until she was about 10, um, and that's when people got suspicious or whatever, and they moved to Missouri. Um, he oh, tr- I hadn't even considered that he, like, was lived in, a different in Louisiana. State. Yeah. Yeah. Her whole family did. Yeah. No, I remember that now. And actually, Dee Dee's parents, well, her mom passed away in the 90s. They also think that Dee Dee might have, like, starved her to death. That's a whole other issue. Um, But they can't prove it, obviously. She's not here anymore. But her stepmom and her dad are, like, not upset that she's dead at all. Actually, whenever they heard she was dead, they thought it was another scam because, I guess, like, way back in the day, she wrote a lot of bad checks and, like, pissed off a lot of people. Um, so they, like, thought that it was, like, another scam, that she wasn't really dead, and then when they found out she really was dead, they were like, okay, like, her actions finally caught up to her. Like, they thought that somebody had killed her. Anyway, um, and her stepmom also thinks that she tried to poison her once, but that can't be proven either, but, yeah, so, like, none of Dee Dee's family is, like, upset in the slightest. Um, when they were talking about getting her ashes back, nobody wanted to pay for it, and, like, her siblings were just, like flush him down the toilet so yeah but as for her dad they always had a relationship he had even tried to visit them in Springfield on multiple occasions but in the times leading up Dee Dee would stop responding to text messages or phone calls and then say like she was in the hospital so he couldn't come see her or something um but Rod said that he didn't know he had no idea anything was off and he even had said what a good caretaker Dee Dee was because he thought obviously his child was sick because yeah. nobody thinks yeah they're going to make that up. Who would? <laughs> right. And so now that she's in prison, they're working on their relationship. Um, and he said that it's a pretty good father-daughter relationship. Um, they email and call all the time and that he can't wait to build a further relationship once she's released from prison. Do you think... That she'll move to Louisiana to be with her dad and her other family? He said that she, he's hoping that she does so that they can, because she has like two half siblings. He's, he's remarried and like his wife and him all have good relationships with her. I don't know about the siblings. I'm sure they do. Yeah. So, um, I guess in the next couple of years, if she makes it on parole, actually, I'm not sure if you're on parole. I don't know if you can leave the state. I don't think you can. So I don't know how that would work. I don't work. know where she's going to go because I assume that like all of her mother's assets have been seized and she probably has nothing to her name. So like, where is she going to live? I don't know, but I am not sure. I didn't look it up. I have a feeling she probably had some sort of GoFundMe. Oh, probably. I know that people have a lot of sympathy for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not that I don't. Don't get me wrong. Like, she was tortured, and I think that she deserved to get out of the situation. And you're right. I hadn't considered, like, how medicated she was and how that would affect your, like, problem-solving abilities. Mm -hmm. And that guy from Wisconsin was a little bit sketchy anyway. They said that – I don't know if it was ever confirmed, but his parents um, said that he had autism or something and that he shouldn't have gotten the sentence he did, which I couldn't find – they didn't – Really, obviously, didn't go into a lot of detail on him, even though he's the one that did it. But everything really was just like, yeah, he's serving life in prison. Yeah, I'm surprised. Especially since he had, like, previous charges. I think, though, I could be wrong, but I'm I feel surprised like... that his parents said that, I guess. You get a heavier charge if you cross state lines to kill somebody. 
Oh, I did not know oh, that. I think it, it's either if you cross, well, it could be both, cross state lines to kill somebody or you cross state lines after committing murder. There's something about crossing state lines. Both. So, either right. way. There's something about crossing state lines that, like, make it, like, worse, worse of a crime. That. I did not know that. Well, like I said, I had not considered, like, her being overly medicated. But I do wish that there could have been another option. option. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's hard for me to understand how her mom could have convinced all those people. You know what I mean? Well, I... After, like, if Gypsy had tried to get away numerous times and, like, had told numerous people... I just can't imagine that I would be like, okay, yeah, her mom said she's mentally disabled. Like, people who are mentally disabled are not, like, completely incompetent. You know what I mean? Well, they tried, I think they said that her mental level was that of, like, a seven-year-old. A seven-year-old can tell you when something's wrong. You know what I mean? I know that, but I've also had seven-year-olds tell me they're going to kill me. (laughs) You know? And I'm not going to be like, because they have, they're mentally disabled. And I'm not going to be like, okay, like, yeah, call the police. They're actually going to kill me. Like, I just know that, you know. I'm just surprised. I'm just surprised because, like, you would think even, like, a rumor mill would get around. Like, I was at the mall the other day and Gypsy Rose said blah, 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 blah. And then after numerous accounts, you would think that people would start putting things together. But again, you you wouldn't question. Exactly. If you did that, though, then it would be like, okay, you're literally questioning a disabled child and her mom. Which now, of course, we know, obviously, that she wasn't disabled. But, like, if you think about it, if you just, like, think of any person, then it's like, okay, are you really going to, like, kidnap a disabled child because she's saying that her mom is making it up in the middle of a mall, you know? Which I I think is what makes this case so much harder because, like, with the Turpin family... They never got to go outside. With her, she was in the spotlight. Like, mm-hmm. you know, spokespeople. I mean, it's just, it's like a difficult situation. I, I wish that, obviously, it didn't end with her. I wish, personally. I just wish she could have gotten away sooner. Like, more than anything, yes, I wish her mom, she did not murder her mom. Mm-hmm. But I also wish that, like, she didn't have to endure that for her entire childhood. Oh, right. Into her adult And she years. didn't have one. That's, it's, what really, like, when this whole thing came out, when she first was, like, I'm, like, really happy in prison, mm-hmm. like, that made me cry. Yeah. No, because, that's really sad. Yeah, it's, like, and I'm sure, I mean, even with, like, the Turpin family, like, all of these are just, like, I couldn't physically or mentally imagine being in their situations. Yeah, I can't either. And so it's kind of hard for me to be, like, no, like, I would just, because if I was scared of somebody and they were, like, hey, like. You know, if you do something, then I'll, like, no, I you. I agree. I'm you know? not saying that... I'm not even necessarily saying that, like, Gypsy should have done more. It seems like she tried several times. I'm just... It's easy to say now, right? Because we know, we know the outcome. Right. But I'm just surprised that if she tried over and over and over again, that nobody ever started to question. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, and it's, like, even, like, the doctor, it was, like... He did start to question, and then it was I like nothing. I think the doctor had the biggest role to play here, and I think he could have made the biggest difference. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he's definitely kicking himself. And even the doctors in New Orleans, when they were like, oh, like, she doesn't have this, and she's like, no, like, she does. Put a feeding tube in her. Like, she has leukemia. Like, mm-hmm. 
you know, um, I don't think that they just go give leukemia diagnoses to anybody. Or, like you said, feeding tubes. But then again, this was 20 years ago. But still, I'm not sure how she got away with some of the stuff that she did. 100%. She was obviously very, like, manipulative. I do think that, like, the doctors giving her some of those things helped solidify the facade. Oh, that she put on? Yes. Yeah. Which is, like, clearly she was a very manipulative person. Yeah. And so that's when it's like, oh, I wish she would have just called the police. I wish the neighbor would have called the police. I'm not even saying I wish Gypsy had called the police. Like, like I do wish Gypsy you do had know called that the police. Remember, like, people did call in and report her. The and, one time, yeah, and she came in. And, and she talked them out of it. I'm just so surprised by all of that. And I, I do want to say, like, I don't think... I, I truly wish that her mother would have been able to rot in prison for the rest of her life. You know, this isn't one of those things where it's like, I'm just going to be like, no, like, I'm glad she's dead. Like, that's sad. But I, I don't wonder know. if, like, I wonder if with therapy she could have gotten better. Like, I genuinely wonder if that's something you can, like, progress from. Because it seems like she was, like, really messed up. I'm, I mean, I'm sure there's therapy for everything. I know, but I don't know how effective it is. I don't know how common Munchausen's is. I don't either. I mean, I'm sure it's more common in smaller smaller situations. Yeah, I would think so, too. You know? Like, being, think, like, your kid getting a scratch and you think he has, like, gout or something. I, like, I'm sure that's way more common than convincing the entire country that your kid has leukemia and muscular dystrophy and all of these things. Yeah. And getting Make-A-Wish Foundation trips. Yeah. Like, all of it is very... She was very good at it. Yes. Yeah. I'm very, like, it's hard to understand. I just hope that when she is released, when Gypsy is released from prison, that she, like, I don't know, writes a book or something. I know that she can't make money off of any of the movies or the TV shows or the documentaries they've, they've done on her. I think there's a law that makes her not allowed to get money from it. Since it was, like, a crime. Same thing with Pan Hub, Pam Hub. Everybody's worried that she's going to get money from this Hulu documentary. She's not getting anything. She's in prison for the rest of her life. But hopefully she, like, is able to, like, I don't know, keep us on a journey of how it is because she thinks she's free now. Mm-hmm. I want to know how she reacts to, like... Eating ice cream. Yeah. Going to the park. And being able... And I think in her Dr. Those are Phil... Those simple things that give me joy. <laughs> I think in her Dr. Joy. Phil, like, interview or whatever... Like, she was, like, talking. She has dentures now because, obviously, all her teeth got pulled out. But just being able to eat prison food. Oh, yeah, I forgot that she lost all her teeth. Yeah, like, feeding tubes. It's crazy. And the other thing that I'm just now thinking of, like, Matt, like, she had to have been so afraid of her mom for those people to come in there and be like, hey, we want to make sure that you're okay because we got tipped off that something might not be right here mm-hmm. and for her to still not say anything well in the that me- that means that she had to have been so scared oh and she said she was scared but and i don't know in the docu-series or whatever that i watched i know when the doctor that was questioning and i assume it's i mean everything else seemed to add up pretty well um like the doctor wanted to go be in the room alone to ask her questions and like Dee was like no like and then like I think it was like I think she ended up having to leave the room or something and like 
squeezed her like and like Gyp- or not gypsy but like Dee Dee was a big woman mm-hmm. and like Dee Dee or and gypsy was very like frail yeah i mean even though she wasn't necessarily like actually sick like she was still very frail and sickly because she was deprived of food and all sorts of things yeah and so. being sedentary is gonna make you more weak you mm-hmm. know? it's mind-boggling yeah it really is. I mean, I hope that when she gets out of prison that she's able to, like, find some sort of balance and happiness in her life because I imagine that's going to be hard, too, because a lot of people, including myself, know what she looks like. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And if I know, a lot of people know. But she has a huge fan club. I know, but I don't know that I would want to have a fan club. She... I think I would just want to have, like, a... A normal life as best I could. She's never really. I don't think she really knows what a normal life is. I They've know, always been I in the public eye. Want one? Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not. I'm I. Not her. I've seen one of her old cellmates on uh, TikTok, and she's always like updating everybody. Like, I don't know. She, this is one of those things where it's like, I know, with a lot of people, it's like, oh, they're not being rehabilitated or they're pretending. Like she seems like, she really regrets doing what she did. Obviously not getting out of the situation itself. Yeah. But, like, how she went about it. And so I just want her to be out of prison and living her best life. It does seem like she's remorseful, and I do think that makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. But I do hope that she's able to maybe, like, make a connection with her the family that she has left. Even her grandparents, like, even Dee Dee's parents seem like they are on her side. So hopefully she'll be able to connect with them and... See what family should be like, mm-hmm. you know? Or just being free for real for once. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's everything. Okay. Um, you can find our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. And if you haven't already, I think today... Yeah, today, when you're listening to this, this is the very last day that you can enter into our t-shirt giveaway to be the second recipient, the second recipient of a piece of merch from the Murder and Misery podcast. The first piece went to Jill's Aunt Tina. If For you haven't listened, Yeah, if you haven't listened to her episode yet, you should go. It's the Crown Jewels episode. But today's the last day that you can enter in. There's like a good chance that you're going to win because there's not that many people who've entered. <laughs> so if you want a free t-shirt, you can enter in on our Instagram and our Facebooks for a total of two entries. So go do that. And then we will announce the winner tomorrow if you're listening to this on Thursday. And we do want to say we love, we have some new listeners and we love all of you. And we're really glad you're here. Yeah. And, um... We did get our first hate comment. So, Cheryl, this one goes out to you. Sorry, we talked too much. Jill. (laughs) (laughs) I question your decision to say her name, but I respect it. There's so many Cheryls out there. (laughs) But I'm specifically talking about you, Cheryl. That one. (laughs) The one that left a mean comment about us. I do not think she's made it to the end of this episode. She didn't even make it past the first ten minutes. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. We, We realize that... You know, we can't make everyone happy, and we're doing this for us, and we like the way our podcast is, and if you don't, that's okay. It's okay, but you don't have to tell us. Or at least tell us nicely. You can tell us. Nicely. Nicely. <laughs> you can tell us 
if you want to. We're open to constructive criticism, um, but don't be mean because at the end of the day, this podcast isn't made for you specifically. It's made because we like to make it. And if you love it, we love you too. If you don't, that's okay. You can listen to it and hate it, or you can just move on. Those both are good options. And we'll forever call people being mean to us Cheryl's from now on. Okay. I'll make the merch. That's fine. We'll make it a thing. (laughs) Don't be a Cheryl. Okay. Well, anyway, (laughs) if you're looking for our Instagram, it's at Murder and Misery. And if you're looking for our Facebook group, it is... Murder and Misery. Perfect. Okay. And the Facebook page, because we couldn't do the giveaway in the group, so we had to do it on the page. That's right. Go to the Facebook page. If you want to do discussion, I think that's what the group is for. And sometimes Facebook is not good at sending me notifications, so... But I try to check it to see if anybody's Same posted Same about Instagram, anything. to be honest with you. I just found my message requests, and we had a couple of um, case requests, and I was like, so sorry. Just sent this to Jill. Yeah. We are very <laughs> sorry, because that was from when we first started. Heather sent it to me and was like, oh my gosh. It was in the spam folder or yes, something? Yes. It wasn't even in, like, I didn't get an alert for message requests, which is so odd, because I normally do. And it's set up as a business page. I know. Why would they? N- so sorry. Yeah, so, we really so apologize. Sorry. Jill now has it in hand, okay? So, like, we're working on it. But anyway, enter into the giveaway, and we will see you here next week on Thursday with a brand new episode. All right, bye. Bye. Sorry, Mom. (laughs) (laughs)